Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Many moms, feeding baby is a little more complicated than putting her to the breast and letting nature take its course. Maybe your baby has a tongue tie that makes latching difficult, or you work in an office and aren't able to nurse around the clock. Enter the breast pump, a wonderful piece of technology that can make it easier to get breast milk to our babies. So whether you're an exclusive pumper or a one-time user, an oversupplier, or a just enougher, we're here to help you learn more about pumping and find community among other moms who are on this journey with you. Plus, you'll hear about some of the best hacks that are sure to make your pumping life easier. This is Newbies. He's gorgeous. Um, it's a girl. Surprise! The whole family's here! So when are you having the next one? It's just poop. Ready for another? Wow, you look really tired. Ready to go back to work? Yellow poop? Seriously? Did you sterilize this? Sex? Now? You've got to be joking. You should sleep when the baby sleeps. She doesn't look anything like you. I thought you already had your baby. I did. Babies don't come with instructions, so there's newbies, helping new moms and new babies through the first year. Welcome to Newbies. Newbies is your online, on-the-go support group guiding new mothers through their baby's first year. I'm Natalie Gross, mom to a three-year-old boy and a new baby girl. We've got a great show today talking about pumping. Now, if you haven't already, be sure to visit our website, that's newmommymedia.com, and subscribe to our weekly newsletter, which keeps you updated on all the episodes we release each week. Another great way to stay updated is to hit that subscribe button in your podcast app, wherever you're listening. And if you're looking for a way to get even more involved with our show, then you can check out our membership club. It's called Mighty Moms. That's where we chat more about the topics discussed here on the show. And it's also an easy way to learn about our recordings so that maybe you can join us live. We have moms Abby, Catherine, and Sarah joining us today. Welcome to the show, mamas. And to get us started, please introduce yourselves. Tell us a little bit about you and what you do, your family, and your experience with pumping. Sarah, do you want to kick us off? Sure, I'd love to. Um, so my name is Sarah, and my husband and I live in the D.C. area. I used to work on in politics, but now I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I have two little girls. One is four years old, and one just turned one year. Great. Catherine, what about you? So I think Sarah and I should get together for a play date. Um, so I also have two girls. Uh, one is five, and one just turned one. Um, I actually work for the Army as a civilian, and um, I also live in the D.C. area. Great. And Abby, what about you? Hi, I'm Abby. Um, me and my husband and my six, almost seventh month old live in Indiana. Um, I am an accountant, and so I have enjoyed the ability to combo pump these last couple months. Yeah, so let's, let's start talking pumping. So, Sarah, what was your experience? Sure. Um, with uh, my first daughter, who I said is four now, um, she would not nurse at the hospital and um, nursing was always my plan. So they sent me home and they said, you know, just try to pump in the meantime. And I, I tried to nurse still and, and she nursed. But when I went in for a checkup, she wasn't gaining weight. So 
they told me to try it out for a week um, solely pumping and see if she gained weight and she did. And so because she went nurse, I ended up exclusively pumping for an entire year uh, around the clock. <laughs> and um, I became, I feel like quite an expert after a year of doing that. <laughs> yeah. And just to kind of let listeners know. So exclusive pumping is a term that I wasn't familiar with before I had my son and ended up being an exclusive pumper now for the second time. Um, so it basically just means that's what you do. That's how you feed your baby. There's no like contact nursing the traditional way. Catherine, I think you have a similar story, right? Yeah. So my oldest was um, born eight weeks early. So she was in the NICU. And so there was like no chance of her latching. She was just too little, too young. So I did pump. But with her, I had a very short journey. Um, I think it was just so much going on and probably a traumatic birth experience. So with my second, I was determined to breastfeed, uh, primarily nurse. And then I found out she had a tongue tie. And so we scratched that. And then we pretty much exclusively pumped for a year as well. Good. Kudos to both of you. Pumping is hard and doing it for a year. (laughs) We'll see if I can last that long. Abby, what about you? You talked about combo feeding or combo pumping. So tell us how that journey has been going for you. Sure. So going into motherhood, I knew that um, being in the office a couple of times a week, I would need to uh, do some pumping and do breast and bottle. And so going into it, I had to start pumping when we left the hospital to get up supply. And so I had a little bit of an introduction to it. And then when I went into the office, I started combo feeding. And so we do three pumps outside of breastfeeding a day. And so it was definitely a challenge uh, getting the process down and the organization of it all, but definitely rewarding. Um, And I really enjoy the opportunity to do both and the tools that are available to do both. Yeah. So what does a typical pumping schedule look like for you, like when you're at work or at home? How how does that work with, with feeding your baby too? So I try to be as close in line with him eating as possible. And so uh, when we're apart, either if I'm in the office or elsewhere, I try to always pump when I know he's eating to keep up with that schedule. And then it can change on the weekends and um, which when, so when, when I'm with him, then I don't have to pump. So I try to always keep in line with his schedule. Okay. Catherine and Sarah, when you exclusively pumped for a year, what was a typical pumping schedule like for you, especially you know in those early days when you're kind of in the thick of it? For me, I had a, a low supply, and I actually pumped around the clock every two hours. Um, and I did that for six, seven months straight um, to get my supply up to get enough milk. And even after the six months continued the year, I pretty much kept that schedule up um, pretty close to that. I would pump at 10 p.m. before I went to bed. I would usually freeze that milk so I'd have milk after I stopped pumping after the year. And then I would get it at 5.30 so I had milk for when she got up. And then from there, I kind of took every two hours. Every After the seven months, I, I gradually cut back on how many times a day, but then just pumped for a longer duration instead. Wow, that is impressive. Yeah. <laughs> I just cut back from the, you know, the eight or whatever that you start with. I'm down to six now. And I'm like, oh, I don't know how I even did anymore because it's hard to even just to get these six in. So uh, it's a lot. <laughs> Hats off to you. Catherine, what about you? What did that look like? Yeah, so same. I feel like in the beginning, it was just so much going on because like you have like a new baby, you're trying to like 
get acclimated, figure each other out. And then you're also pumping. So I felt like in the initial period, I don't know, maybe some people start off better. Um, but I was like, okay, I'll do, you know, four times, six times, and then, you know, build up or whatever. So then when I finally got with the program and started actually saying, okay, we're going to be exclusively pumping and this and that, I would say I was probably pumping, like you said, eight times a day. I definitely did the middle of the night pump. I was also like low supplier. That was probably my best pump of the night was that and the first in the morning with like prolactin levels and all that good stuff. Um, And then once I regulated, so around like 12 weeks or so, then I, I slowly started to cut back to like seven pumps and whatever. And then I cut back, I think, to five because my initial goal was six months. And then I felt guilty because why not motherhood? Um, so then I was like, no, I'm not ready to wean yet. So then I like bought it back up. So then I ended up just sticking with six for a long time. And so for you and Sarah, I'm curious, like I already mentioned before I exclusively pumped with my son, I didn't know. I thought it was either, you know, breastfeeding the traditional way or feeding baby formula. I didn't know there was this kind of in between. So I'm curious how much information did you have before that became your reality as well? Uh, yeah, for me, I had no information. I, I knew what pumping was, but almost vaguely because I just assumed I would nurse. And like you said, in the hospital or, or the pediatrician, the kind of two options, the only two options really presented were, well, either she nurses or you give her a bottle of formula. And I think every time I try to bring up exclusively pumping, at first they were like, it's not sustainable. You're not going to be able to keep it up. Um, but I think some fire inside me was like, oh, watch me. I will. <laughs> Same girl. Same. <laughs> <laughs> but once they kind of knew I was sticking with it, they didn't really push back anymore. And, and sorry, commending me on it. But um, yeah, I really had no information about exclusive pumping. I'm not sure I'd heard that term before. Um, it became my only option at that time. Same for me. I didn't even think about pumping. I mean, it was like I got a pump from my insurance and was like, okay, how hard can this be? Um, and then when I was in the NICU with my oldest, I worked exclusively exclusively with the lactation consultant, but she was very pro breastfeeding in the sense of nursing. Um, so she would, you know, send me home like, okay, make sure you're pumping and doing this and that. But honestly, I have to, looking back, I wish I would have done the research into breastfeeding in general just as much as I did the research looking at like a car seat and a stroller Mm -hmm. because there's like so much information out there and it's really trial and error, but you can't wing it. That is like the one thing you cannot do. Like you, it really is supply and demand and you have to understand that more is better and getting fitted properly. Like there's so much that goes into it and it to me makes or breaks your journey. So the second time around, I was like much more successful because I kind of had such a rough start with the first one that I realized like, okay, if I really want to do this, like I have to invest in the process. Thank you, mom, so much for sharing. We are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll be meeting our expert, Lisa Myers, creator of the series Chill. She's going to share some pumping tips and tricks with us. So stay with us. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. 
These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Today on Newbies, we are talking about pumping, the pros, the cons, the challenges, everything in between. Our featured expert today is Lisa Myers. She is the creator of the Series Chill, which is a product that many of us pumping mamas are familiar with, but I will, of course, let Lisa tell you more about that. Lisa, welcome to Newbies. Welcome back to Newbies. I know you were on an episode not too long ago, so thanks so much for being here. No, this is the best. I really appreciate the space that you've created and the the community because it's nothing like I had. It it makes me feel old to see how much has changed since uh, I had my daughter. She's now eight, and my my little guy who inspired Series Chill is getting older every day. But the this idea that breastfeeding is going to come naturally and it should be easy is a real myth and can undermine your success. And so. Yeah, being able to hear from these moms, I can so relate. So for my with my daughter, I felt like I completely failed. I got to just under six months, but I supplemented from the beginning. She was screaming in the hospital, and it was a what they call, I guess, a baby friendly hospital. Natalie, maybe you know, but baby friendly yeah. hospital, right? Which there's no nursery. Yeah. They leave the baby with you breastfeeding all of that. Exactly. Like I would say aggressively advocating for breastfeeding. I, I was in labor for 52 hours with an emergency C-section and I like finally came to, and, um, on the whiteboard, it was like goals for the day exclusively breastfeed. And I was like, Oh, I mean, it is a goal. I was kind of thinking, keep, the baby alive first, me alive second, and then, you know, whatever happens, happens. But yeah, so hearing these stories, I can completely relate. I came up with Series Shell, which is a breast milk storage system. When I went back to work, I was one of the lucky ones that actually had a um, maternity leave. And still, I was going back to a group of guys I worked with, and I thought... I had it all figured out. I had my pump. I had all the pump parts. I was going to make this work. And I had the benefit of an amazing lactation consultant. And she saw I was in terrible pain breastfeeding my son. She said, the toe curling pain that I see you're in, is that every time and for the whole time? Or is that just in the beginning? I'm like, you know, like breathe into the pain, breathe into the pain. I'm like every single time, the entire time. And she said, we're going to make this work for you. Um, every single ounce counts. And so I went back to work. I was determined to make it work and there were no good options for breast milk storage. And so many moms like these moms are determined to succeed. And whether you're exclusively pumping and you're staying at home or you're trying to uh, pump when you're at work and breastfeed when you're at home or any variation of those, you just have to have the support and the tools to succeed. And for so long, the industry just lagged because I think moms more than anyone else just put their heads down and just grit their teeth and they're determined to grind it out. They're like, anything to keep the kid alive, I'm going to do this. And yeah, sure, I don't have what I need, but this is all I've got and I will make it work. And I'm really happy to say that the world is now conforming 
to what these amazing women need to be successful. So we now have, you know, wearable pumps, we have, you know, quieter pumps, we have hospital grade pumps and everything in between. And I think having good advice, whether you can afford a lactation consultant or you can attend a mommy group um, with other women who are experiencing similar challenges, or you can follow some of these incredible people on social media. There are so many really, really great women out there who are nurses, IBCLCs, or just moms who have seen it all and um, are testing the products and know the struggle. Following them and being part of those communities and having that support is so key. But yeah, practical tips. I mean, these women have said it. Keeping to a schedule. I would say having spare pump parts at work. I remember a day where I was at work and I I was missing the tubes for my Medela pump. And I remembered after the fact that I let my, you know, three-year-old daughter play with the tubes as I was breastfeeding my son because it was like anything to keep everyone happy. And that day at work, I'm like, that was a mistake. But I didn't have them and there was nothing that could be done. But Amazon delivers same day, but it was like a minimum order. And so I ordered a hand pump and I ordered, that wasn't enough money. So then I ordered, I think, um, hard seltzers because I was like, yes, this is what this day requires. (laughs) I'm barely surviving this right now. So yeah. (laughs) You know, moms who are going back to work and now I know a lot of us can work from home or maybe have some of that flexibility a couple times a week. But there are moms who are going back into the office and don't even have a place or a time to pump. And I know, Lisa, that's something we talked about on the last episode you were on about returning to work after maternity leave. So can you share some tips for moms who are getting ready to go back to work? How do they get in the frame of mind? um, And what do they need to know about pumping in particular? So I think first and foremost, approaching it, not in a uh, devastating, defeatist way, but just telling yourself, okay, it's not going to be easy. It's going to be hard. I'm going to face challenges, but I've, I've faced challenges before. What do I need to overcome these challenges? And then prepare yourself with, you know, a pump and some sort of storage system, which I completely failed at, but inspired a product nonetheless. And then, you know, spare parts if you can do it, but also realizing like, what sort of an environment am I going into? Like, are these people who understand the challenges I'm facing and the advantages for them in supporting me? And I think that's what's missing a lot. So there are a lot of rights. There are a lot of opportunities for employers to do the right thing, but they don't often understand the challenges that these women are facing coming back into the workplace or what very simple things they need to be successful and be healthy. And so I think going back to work, understanding your rights, and you know, there are lots of small employers that don't fall under the um, same, you know, federal obligations or maybe statewide obligations with the minimum number of employees and that sort of thing. But I think if all employers understand that it's in their best interest to support their employees 
and it keeps their employees healthier and it improves everyone's morale, I think, to offer women a private, clean, safe place to pump, then um, everyone wins. And I, I think often it's approached as a demand, like, oh, I need additional breaks, or the employer sees it as you're asking more of them, which certainly I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but if you can approach it as something like I can be more productive, I will almost certainly have fewer sick days and I will appreciate it at such a level that I will continue to perform for you in an outstanding way. Um, employers will be supportive and then you'll be successful at your goals and you'll feel feel better as a mom. And I know that when I feel better as a mom, I'm a much higher performing person in the world. So yeah, that's, I think, critical is knowing your rights, but then presenting it in a way that you're not demanding something. You're trying to partner with your employer or your coworkers for all of you to be successful as a team. Mm-hmm. We've kind of already, you know, used some of these terms in our conversation with the moms already in this episode, but you know, there's oversupplier, undersupplier, just enough for right where you're like making just enough for your baby and maybe not building up a freezer stash. But can you kind of explain what those terms are and some of the other popular terms we use and then offer some tips or strategies for moms out there who may be an undersupplier and want to boost their supply? So I think these terms come with a ton of uh, self judgment and de- deprecation. I, uh, I, I would say I was always an undersupplier with my son. I think I could have been a just enougher, but I went back to work, and so you know I failed. And with my daughter, I was an undersupplier because I supplemented with formula early on, so I failed. And that's like me. That's the mom guilt I carry. An undersupplier is someone who supposedly does not provide enough milk for their child. Uh, it's, it's, I think, more rare than is experienced by moms. And maybe all of you feel that on this podcast too, because it, unless a lactation consultant is weighing your child after each feeding you've got a pediatrician saying, oh, they're not gaining enough weight. Or you're like, gosh, I still, I I don't know how much did they drink? Like, and then you pump and you don't respond to the pump. Like you respond to a a baby nursing. And so you're not pumping as much as they're actually getting. And you're like, oh my gosh, two ounces. That's not enough. How could that possibly fill this growing child's belly? So an undersupplier, I would say more often than not is someone who perceives that they are not providing enough. Sometimes it's a condition. It's a it's a physical condition that prevents you, but more often than not, you are experiencing a, a, a perception that you're not providing enough. It's also can relate to you not nursing enough or pumping enough. And I experienced that. I did not pump enough when I returned to work. And the only way to keep up your supply is to continue to present the demand to your body because your body's going to, of course, only produce what's necessary. It's trying to keep you and the baby alive. So producing additional milk when the milk's not being drawn, it would be silly. So 
creating that demand either by nursing regularly or by um, pumping or power pumping, which power pumping is pumping on a schedule that almost mimics a, like a growth spurt with a baby, like a cluster feeding and creates a real demand on your body. And you can sometimes increase demand that way. Oversupply, I feel for those women. As someone who was an underproducer, I can't even imagine what it is to be an overproducer. You have so much milk, you have to constantly get it out. You know, you're able to donate, sure, you're able to meet your baby's needs, absolutely. But gosh, that is a lot of pressure on you to get the milk out and not have that ongoing discomfort um, in your body. So yeah, I, I think undersupply is often improperly perceived by moms, but can be a physical condition and lactation consultants can help. I don't think supplements or cookies really do the trick. Looking after yourself, having photos of your baby when you're pumping, trying to get out of a crazy mindset, those things can help. And I was never good at them. I was always stressed. I didn't get enough sleep. I certainly didn't uh, get the right nutrition all the time, but um, just enough for is somebody who can provide just enough every day and feels okay about what they're doing and oversupply is also equally hard. Yeah. I love how you talked about kind of the perception, right? <laughs> of that as well. Thank you so much for touching on that. All right. So before we take another break, I know pumping can often be thought of as a real drag, but let's talk about some of the pros of pumping from your perspective. The pros of pumping are that it allows us to be away from the babies that we love so much and we're trying to keep alive. But being able to pump, whether it's a wearable pump or um, a hospital grade pump, whatever it is, you are able to extract milk when you don't have your infant at your breast. And there are a lot of women that choose or must exclusively pump. And for them and their, their infants, pumps are excuse my language, a freaking miracle. Like it is something that allows them to have that intimacy to provide that nutrition and have the the health for both the mother and the baby that otherwise wouldn't be available. So I think the pumps and the recent innovations are an absolute miracle. And I love seeing the changes that are happening because they give more and more freedom for moms and partners and caregivers because now those grandparents, those dads, those partners can go out in the world with breast milk and provide nutrition to those infants without having their mother, you know, like right there with their breast bare to provide nutrition. It can be something that happens at any time, anywhere with whoever is present. Thank you so much, Lisa, for all of that wonderful commentary. We're going to take another quick break. And when we come back, we are going to keep hearing from Lisa and our other mom guests. So stay tuned. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. 
All right. Welcome back. I want to bring back mom guests, Sarah, Catherine, and Abby back to this discussion. Let's talk pumping hacks, mamas. Tell us your best hacks that have made this journey easier for you. I think the craziest thing when it comes to pumping is finding the tools that you actually need. Like, I feel like it's very relatable to all the baby things that you need or don't need. (laughs) And so finding the right stuff was really big to me and doing research to seeing like what worked the best and following along on social media uh, to really have a, a group of people that can give you good ideas learning random stuff like uh, my favorite hack that I recently saw since I do combo feed um, is that pumping bras and um, nursing ones both work the same that you can use a nursing one and you can hack it into a hands-free pumping bra. So I definitely, I've really enjoyed the community of people on social media that can provide little hacks like that. Other stuff that I've seen that has really paid off um, is wet dry bags definitely helps save a lot of money when it comes to storing your parts when you're out and about. And um, I'm very excited that Lisa's here because the Sarah's chill has definitely been a great uh, hack. Um, But all the things that it does has been really helpful all the way from bottle warming to milk storage. I agree with all of those that uh, making the nursing tank into a pumping bra has been really helpful for me too. Yeah, who knew? I was so excited when I saw that because pumping bras are expensive and it's nice to have a variety. (laughs) Yep, absolutely. Sarah or Catherine, anything to add? For me, a car adapter was a huge pumping hack. Whenever I drove, I worked for the first nine months. Um, My baby was, first baby was born and driving to work, I could pump. Um, If we took a long drive to see either of our families, they live out of state, it was very easy to just pump in the car. I was already there. I love that. Um, as Lisa mentioned, the, the power pumping was a really good hack to get my supply up whenever it would drop. And then my other hack would just be to do something useful with your time while you're pumping. Um, I did a lot of like online courses, learning different stuff for, um, I run a, a blog and just learning different things, aspects of that and, and social media and newsletters and all that. So I just try to make good use of my time, which helped make it go easier and help make me look forward to pumping. So those three probably my top, top tips. <laughs> yeah, that's better than all the scrolling on social media that I do. <laughs> Catherine, what about you? I definitely use the fridge hack. I think that was like a saving grace yes. mm-hmm. and definitely the pitcher method. Can you explain what those are? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So the fridge hack is pretty much you start the day with a clean pair of pumping parts. And then after your sessions, you put them back in the refrigerator. You can put them like in a Ziploc bag or a wet dry bag, or you can just put them in the fridge. That's what I did. Um, But it's great because for your next session, you're not thinking like, I need to wash another set of pump parts. And you just feel like you're constantly pumping. If you're not washing, you're pumping and it can be overwhelming. And for the pitcher method, and some people, you know, obviously there's lots of research out there that you can make your own decisions, obviously, and you can add your milk throughout the day into a larger container versus labeling it by the hour or, you know, if you feel like you have a different type of milk composition in the morning, vice at night, uh, this way you just mix it all together. And then as you feed your baby, you know, they're getting whatever milk you've made throughout the day. I did that all the time. Like, right. <laughs> I found a couple of online, like social media accounts, like everyone talks about. And to me, that really made the biggest difference. 
And of course, like having a extra set of pumping parts so that when you're exhausted at the end of the night, at least you know you have a clean set <laughs> was also a really good thing too. Mm-hmm. Moms, did anything Lisa say resonate with you about particularly going back to work after maternity leave and kind of figuring out how pumping was going to play into your day? I know, Abby, you kind of already touched on that in the beginning. Any Any thoughts? It's definitely a daunting task to go back to work. You've just had a baby you've, and you're introducing yourself to pumping and that's a whole new thing that you have to incorporate into the workplace. And you can do all the research in the world until you're actually doing it um, and getting into a schedule and learning what works best for you and incorporating those two worlds. It's a big hurdle to cross, but with the right tools and community, it can be a success. Yeah. I just wanted to say that I loved how Lisa mentioned partnering with your employer when you decide to go back to work and have a pumping schedule. Because I could not agree more. Like sometimes people view it as like a detriment, like, oh, like you're taking time away from your productivity. But if you honestly go in very upfront about it and, you know, explain the importance, honestly, of why you want to do this, then I can't see why an employer wouldn't want to support you, honestly. that's, And so it reminded me of when I returned back to work, I had a very upfront conversation with my boss. And I pretty much said, listen, I'm a breastfeeding mom. And this is what I need. And we were kind of doing some office reconfigurations. And at that point, he was like, you know what? I'm just going to leave you in your own office. Because he understood that I needed to have a space. Um, And so I think because I decided to advocate for myself, it just helped me secure that. I guess it's almost like a sense of calmness. One less thing I had to worry about to be like, well, where am I going to pump now? And like, how do I keep my stuff cold? And do I have to put it in the company like refrigerator? Like all those things went away because I knew that I had that conversation from the get-go. I just think what Catherine said is so powerful. I think it's really, really hard to advocate for yourself. And I don't envy those moms that have challenging environments, but the way Catherine explained it, if you can have an honest conversation and you do your best, I mean, the absolute worst that can happen is the worst thing you perceive, that they're not going to give you a space and they're not going to give you the time. And, you know, that's already maybe your fear and your embarrassment. And I can't claim to be this powerful woman that knew my rights and was determined to make it happen. And it was easy. I had embarrassment and I was very reluctant, but in the end, doing my best for my child and at least giving it a shot was meaningful. And so, yeah, that's what I would encourage. And then also the pitcher method, the fridge hack, those are huge. I think doing the research is key. Breast milk is so powerful and so resilient. And the research is only just now catching up. And it's been my ongoing frustration to see how much it's lagged behind. But we're getting there, especially with COVID. There's been a lot of interest and it's great for all of the moms and really for society overall to see what what comes um, of the research and how resilient and powerful we all are in providing for our children. So yeah, it's not to say formula is bad. It's just to say all of this worry around breast milk can sometimes be a bit silly and I encourage people to look at the research that's out there and then make educated decisions about what they can do to accommodate their needs going forward. Mm -hmm. Lisa, you know, we talked about a big pro of pumping, I guess, 
the flexibility, right? Someone else can feed your baby. But there are some big challenges when it comes to pumping. And I want to know how you moms have stayed motivated to push through. And maybe what were some of the early hurdles that you did push through? Uh, for me, some of the early hurdles are just like having a life, um, pumping <laughs> on the clock. How do you go and do things out in the world? Um, it just feels like you're constantly tethered to this. So throughout that year, my pump came with me everywhere. I mean, baby showers, bridal showers. I was pumping in a very fancy bathroom um, at a wedding <laughs> with guests walking in on me because I had to um, at concerts. And I think I just got to a certain point where this is sort of like part of me now, this pump. And it's just going with me and I just make it work. And like I said, the adapter was really helpful in the car too. So, and being determined to make it through that to that year for me help push me through. So I would say that for me, the biggest thing was having a realistic conversation with myself about expectations, because I think it's super easy to get wrapped up into the overflow of milk for some people, or just like, you know, the mom that's being able to do everything and, you know, manage the house, manage the family, manage, you know, being a wife and all those great things. And I think honestly, for me, it just came down to my support system. It was like my husband was incredibly supportive. Like he did not care, quite frankly, whether I pumped for an hour or for 10 years. You know what I mean? He was like, whatever it is that you want to do, I will support you and we will figure out a way to get there. And I think that's really helpful because sometimes it's we put so much guilt on ourselves or, or such a high expectation. And we have to realize, at least this is for myself, that um, pumping is breastfeeding, number one. So we shouldn't feel slighted either way. And it is absolutely okay to supplement. If you supplement with formula or donor milk or whatever it is or combo feed, there's absolutely nothing wrong with how you choose to feed your baby. So I, for me, that was like a really powerful turning point. With my first journey, I just felt so guilty. I wasn't successful. I wasn't able to do it and, and all that. And so with my second pregnancy, you know, that baggage came with me. Um, But then I really realized because, of course, you know, you're like, I'm going to do it. It's going to be great. And it's going to be entirely different. But if you don't change any of the actions that you did the first time, you can't expect a different outcome. Right. And so for me, that was like, hey, after getting mastitis, like week three, I was like, we need to do something different if this is really something that I want to do for six months or a year or whatever. Yeah. Abby or Lisa, any thoughts? I would just say that it's hard and each kid is different and each experience is different. So the challenges you face the first time or the ease you experience the first time will not be there the second time or the third time or the fourth time. It'll be something entirely new and giving yourself and your baby space to be successful. However, that it shows up is so key. Yeah, I supplemented. Uh, I I had stupid. I shouldn't say stupid. My daughter would say, "Don't say stupid." I had silly, um, useless guilt around giving her so much formula, and I was bawling in the pediatrician's office. And the pediatrician, who's like an Iraqi war veteran, she's this very cool woman. And she's like, "What are you so upset about?" And I was there for my son, and I was writing down how he's fed, exclusively breastfed. You know, it's so great, and. She said, what are you so upset about? I said, well, 
I gave Tegan so much formula and she she's just looking at me and she said, uh, she's over there putting a puzzle together. I'm her doctor. She's doing okay. <laughs> she's, she's a fully formed person. She has conversations. She relates to you. She is a happy, healthy kid. And she said, and by the way, my mom was informed in her generation, six weeks, six weeks, you get nothing more than six weeks at the breast. And then the rest is, um, is up to formula and science. And she said, and look at me, I have my practice and I have a, a family. She said, I've, I've accomplished all these things despite being formula fed. She said, it's amazing. So yeah, I think that there's a ton of guilt wrapped up in all of this, whether it's society or ourselves um, exclusively pumping. There's so much nonsense that's assigned to that. Oh, if your baby's not at the breast, you don't have the same relationship and the same intimacy, which is so, so gross and so sad and so not the truth. And um, the nutrition part, whether you're supplementing with formula or you're not, we're all doing the best we can. And as as Dr. Molly pointed out, Tegan is going to be just fine. I, I think we're I think we're going to make it. <laughs> yeah. Well, mamas, as we wrap up here, I want to know any resources or maybe some products that have been particularly helpful to you on this journey or were for, you know, you, Sarah and Catherine, who are no longer on this journey. Um, but I would love for you to share with our audience some resources that have been helpful for you. I found exclusive pumping or maybe exclusively pumping one of those.com. And it was so helpful. So much good information. That's how I learned about power pumping and like I learned, as Lisa said, that the cookies and the Gatorade are not going to help you really get your supply up. It's really about pumping. And yeah, I followed so much information that I said it was such a godsend during that time for me. Yeah. And I believe they also have a Facebook group that I'm a part of, and that's been very helpful too. So I follow a couple different um, accounts on Instagram. One of them was like, be my best friend. Uh, One with the pump is awesome. She's really, really funny too. So. Sometimes you kind of want like a change and you want everything to be pumping in your Instagram feed. So she was really, <laughs> really kept my middle of the night pumps like entertaining. Oh, yes. And the I algorithm. Have- the algorithm will get you with all of that. <laughs> <laughs> so true. I have to say though, and I wish I could recall the woman's uh, Instagram, but I, her first name is Kelly. She's an IBCLC. But for the love of God, learn hand expression. I wish someone would have pulled me aside and said, learn how to do this because with a pump, without a pump, whatever, or like if you forget something at work or, you know, like I had mastitis and it was like so uncomfortable, but honest to God, hand expression can be like your best friend. And I wish someone would have said, hey, mom, like look this up or practice how to do this because that that was like transformational, I thought, honestly. Um, And then for like the pumping side, I will say you have to, I mean, obviously do what works for you. But for me, it was like investing in the products. Like because I exclusively pumped, like having a pumping bra was game changing because I was like sitting there holding the flanges for like 40 minutes. I'm like, what am I doing? This is crazy. I totally did that too. I was trying to email. I got really good at one-handed emails. And then I come out of my stupor and I'm like, all these products. Like I could have been so successful. <laughs> it's so true though. You don't think about it. You're like, no, 
you know, you're like, I can do it. I can make it work. And like you said, like as moms, we just kind of suck it up and like figure things out, but you don't have to struggle. And when I learned that I didn't have to struggle, it was so much easier. It was just like checking something off the list. It wasn't a struggle. It wasn't something I had to be like, oh, great. Like I got to do this again. Like I just did it and I got it done. And so I also use the massagers. I think they're called Levy. I don't know if I'm saying that wrong. Or yeah. right. but those are amazing because I did not like the feeling of the pump. So that really was like, I it, it really, you didn't even feel like you were having like a pump on you. And for me, that helped with like letdown and everything else. And if nothing else, if you can invest in a mobile pumping option, not like a wearable pump per se, where like the motors are connected to the cups, but like I use pumpables and I literally pumped everywhere. I think I, I pumped in the car. Like I, there wasn't a place that I didn't think about like not pumping because I had this like small discrete thing and I would just clip it on and go and do what I had to do. And so for me, those were the items that really, really made my journey a success. Awesome. Abby, I think you use the pumpables as well, right? Yes, that is one of my favorites. And I love the mobile options of that, um, which I found from Be My Breast Friend, which a lot of the other ladies mentioned. And it's funny, once I started following her, then the algorithm gave me all a million other accounts. And so <laughs> I love one with the pump. She is hilarious. And uh, Milk Nest. And they just they just kept coming after I started following them. When I'm feeding the baby, that's what I I always get stuck looking on and learning all the great tips. And they always have great discount codes, which is really fun. Some other products that I was thinking, the Lave massagers are great. Um, and Idaho Jones, they have great products from their wet dry bags. And and, they're, and they have some good style too, which, you know, you got to have some good style when you're carrying the stuff around all the time. <laughs> yep. <laughs> And I'll put a plug in there for the series chill as well, Lisa. I know that has been a game changer for me. Any last thoughts from you as we wrap up here? I think it was Abby that just said like feeding her baby, feeding the baby and not the fridge and not your insecurities and not um, expectations, like feeding your baby, whatever that looks like, however that shows up, if you're able to be present and do your best and even a single ounce is is a has a such a huge impact. I know the science because I've studied it and it matters to me. Yeah, I think just valuing what what we're able to do in the moment and yeah, this nonsense about creating a stash or tracking ounces or valuing yourself on that basis is just a recipe for disaster and failure and judgment and um it doesn't do any of us any good. So I, I think these are really powerful women you put together, Natalie. Like this is this is a cool group, and they've mentioned an amazing community. Uh, one with the pump, she cracks me up all the time. And be my best friend. There is no more straight talk you will ever get about products or about how it is as a pumping mom. So yeah, surrounding yourself with positive energy and and being present to what you're doing for your child will will get you where you need to be. However, that looks. Well, thank you so much, Lisa. I so appreciate you being here. And you as well, Catherine, Sarah, and Abby. Thank you so much for joining us for this conversation. Listeners, you can find out more about Lisa and the Series Chill at serieschill.com. That's spelled C-E-R-E-S, chill.com. Be sure to check out newmommymedia.com as well. That's where we have all of our podcast episodes plus videos and more.
That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to Newbies. Don't forget to check out our sister shows, Preggy Pals for expecting parents, Parent Savers for moms and dads with toddlers, The Boob Group for moms who give breast milk to their babies, and Twin Talks for parents of multiples. Thanks for listening to Newbies, your go-to source for new moms and new babies. This has been a New Mommy Media Production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.